1: You're in the backseat of your own life and you did not even realize it. Here's how you get back in the driver's seat of your own life. Man, I want to hand people the steering wheel back.
0: In today's podcast, I talk with Dr. John Delaney, who has PhDs in both education and counseling, about how anxiety is a signal from our mind-brain-body connection that is giving us information. John walks us through six ways to do this, so let's dive in. John. It's so great having you, me interviewing you. You recently interviewed me on your podcast. Thank you so much. We had such a great conversation and I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. I like your book. I love it. Thank you. Building a non-anxious life. Dr. John Deloney. Fantastic. This is very appropriate for the time that we live in and you've got a very nice angle. I mean, this is the world I live in, the work that I do the research and I just love how you've handled this topic. So can you just tell my listeners who you are, what you do, those that don't know you and we'll start there and then dive into your book
1: sure um i am uh, i guess i'll go all the way back as i spent my career in education i was a high school teacher for a couple of years and then spent almost 20 years as a dean of students and a professor at various universities and um i i i'm, I'm, I'm confident you experienced this too i got a, a phd in education back in uh 2000 i think 10 2009 and over the last 10 or so years, I've just watched the entire um the entire conversation shift from learning environments to um mental health disorders and emotional health disorders and families falling apart and drug use in in different avenues. And so I learned very quickly, I was I got over my head very quickly. Um, and as as the world shifted underneath me. And so I got a second PhD in counseling. One, to figure out what was going on with me because I was experiencing this, this mm-hmm. chronic stress and anxiety, but also in my marriage was was tough and I had a new kid and I just want to know what was going on with me and my family and my community, but also the students that I was working with every day. I just didn't have a tool set. And um, so coming on late as I just, I was, I was a nerd, basically, with, um, nerd, with nerds, right, in the higher ed world. Yeah. Um, I just... Realized I'm I'm trying to communicate some of this to my students, to their parents, to their families, and mm-hmm. those of us inside this world. um We talk in a way that it doesn't always translate to just a single mom with two kids trying to um, help her kids, right? Or mm-hmm. the over the road trucker who just wants to, golly man, how, I just want to be more present with my kids. And my dad left. I don't even have yeah. a picture of what that looks like. So um what I've tried to do over the last few years since I've left higher ed and, and done doing this full time mm-hmm. now is to simply simplify the conversation so that folks who are just in the first two years of marriage or in their 10th year of marriage or in their 35th year of marriage Mm -hmm. can just have some tools to go make it better right now, right now today, um, or can know, Hey, we're over our head. We need to call a professional right now. And so, um, my goal has been to simplify some of these, these bigger pictures, um, to make, to make them actionable.
0: I love that. And when you talk about the bigger pictures, what do you mean?
1: Like, for instance, inside the mental health community, which, you know, like. Mm-hmm. We would all know, no, 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 you don't want to have, you don't want to cancel anxiety out of the human body, right? You, you need that to let you know when when there's actual issues coming up. Yeah. And we all know chronic stress and a constantly ringing anxiety alarms are, will destroy the human body. We know that. But in the community where they spend most of their day watching TV and watching ads telling them that they're broken or politicians exactly. telling them that there's something wrong with them. And not that hey you're, you need to check in with your relationships you need to check check in with how your how your how your life is, is 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 moving along down the road, um, then it becomes a culture of disempowerment. And so, what's what I love about your work is you're all about teaching people like here's you're in the back seat of your own life and you didn't even realize it. Here's how you get back in the driver's seat of your own life. And I think that's where you and I share a very common mission is, man, I want to hand people the steering wheel back. And that's hard Mm. and it's scary. Responsibility is scary and it's hard. And there is insane amounts of marginalization and trauma. No question about that.
0: As someone who prioritizes my mental health and physical well-being, I'm always looking for products that help me look and feel my best each day, which can be a challenge. This is why I love Purity Woods. Their mission is to provide people with the cleanest and most effective health, aging, and longevity products available. All of their products are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, free of anything artificial, free of toxic preservatives and synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers, and dyes, parabens, and of course, it's cruelty-free and never tested on animals. Purity Woods products leverage the wonders of a revolutionary ingredient, maple leaf extract. Maple leaves contain anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties, which can help soothe irritated or inflamed skin while also plumping, brightening and nourishing it. The age-defying dream cream is a game-changer. It will make you look and feel like you've jumped back years in time. Its powerful formula contains revolutionary maple leaf extracts, plus over 25 unique and potent ingredients that help eliminate fine lines, wrinkles, age spots and uneven skin tone. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age-Defying Dream Cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off-site-wide, but we have an additional 10% discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com forward slash Dr. Leaf or enter the code Dr. Leaf at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. It's P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S.com and enter the code Dr. Leaf for a total of 27% off your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. Mm, I love that. And that's why you've written this book. And yes, we do share such a lot of common. You and I've had a few chats at conferences we've been at together and you know, and, and and we share the same view. And you share you share a story that I thought was a great place to kind of launch this discussion. Well, we've already launched a discussion, but you talk about a a young woman who came zooming into her office and was frantic with anxiety and said, "Oh, I'm going. To, I'm just paraphrasing this. Yeah, the sure. whole, I could read the sure. whole story, but <laughs> you, you know which story I'm talking about. I think it's chapter wherever it is. I had it open and I just closed the page by mistake." Um, but she basically came into office saying that she's got this disorder, uh, this clinical diagnosis of anxiety and that now she's got to be a medicated wreck the rest of her life. And she was normally very hopeful and bubbly. And now she, you could see that the diagnosis hadn't actually helped her. It had literally wrecked her. It had kind of taken a lot of hope away. And that's a summary of it. Can you talk about that story? Because I thought that was a great, even though it's, in, I think, more or less in the middle of your book. Yeah, sure. It really was um, something that we, that our view is is pretty much the same there, that we have to be so careful of the medicalization of misery and the pathologizing of childhood and this whole thing that we can take the hugeness of human experience and delimit it to a medical model diagnosis, which is so reductionistic, kind of ignoring what that person is experiencing and saying it's this. And because you have a brain disease, and it may sound great, but this story that you tell, it's not great for it, may sound great because it seems like it's a solution, but it's not great because it's not a solution, because you can't just band aid that away, you can't just medicate that away. And you can't just take the hugest of life experience and stick it under one diagnostic, diagnostic label like you can cancer, diabetes, or whatever. So I like that story; it appealed to me. Will you talk about it? And sure. What do? So
1: yeah, I, and I, that's one of the reasons I love you because we share that same that same picture. And I think I think an increasing number of us of mental health professionals are 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 leaning that way. Um, that was just Absolutely. one of my one of my grad students who. Um, was extraordinary. She was brilliant. She was uh, hilarious, and one of my favorite things with students that would just like they—that's what I missed most about working with college students—is they're so funny. Like I would go home just laughing. Um, they also burned the building down, but some of them were super, yeah. super funny, <laughs> and um, but also. A, struggling and we have to remember that diagnostics are used generalized for for two reasons one to allow researchers to talk amongst themselves so that they Mm -hmm. can compare apples to apples across research studies so when when you say depression i say depression all right so it's this list of things over this period of time and about this many times per week so that we have some guardrails for our studies and they're used for insurance companies for practitioners to get paid they are not designed to stamp in a to young people's or anybody's forehead and say, this is you. Because what she did is what all of us do. She went to the doctor. The doctor said, you have a this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write you this script. I've got one of 50 different options. We're going to just mm-hmm. start from option one and we're going to throw spaghetti at the wall until this thing works or not. And she did what we all do. Went out in her car and got on Google and Googled this thing and then got down the rabbit hole. And all of this, I'm telling you what, I would hire her in a second to take care of me and my family in the, the profession that she's chosen. But she read, here is here is the rest of my life. And you have a disease. Your brain is broken. You can fix it with these pills. And um, you're going to have to put this on your insurance forms the rest of your life. And you're going to ha- and fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Diagnostics have a role, but they are not an identity and they're not a label. And so this idea a that…
0: Description. Sh- they're a, they're a description
1: and they're a snapshot. They're not a movie. They're not the sum total exactly. of your life. This is you exactly. right now. Right. And so I often st- the number of students who would come in and say, hey, I'm 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 struggling with depression. My dad um, just suddenly moved out on my mom when she got home from vacation. He had moved everything out. And I said, whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. you are not depressed. You don't have depression. You're sad. You are heartbroken and, and you should it, yeah.
0: be. Should Your be, body's yeah. doing
1: exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Exactly. And, and on and on. So, um, and again, not to trivialize any sort of diagnostic or mental health disorder, but I think we have just pathologized human existence. I love how you said that. We've mm-hmm. just pathologized human existence. And to go deeper, I think we have as a culture, and I don't think we got here bad in a bad way. We didn't mean to. But we begin trying to solve for discomfort. Like, I love my leather seats. I love, you're in Texas. I love air conditioning, right? It's fantastic. (laughs) But in the process of, oh, we can make this more comfortable. We can make this more comfortable. We began to pathologize any sort of discomfort. And so in in trying to make everybody feel better, which is all good, we started saying, oh, well, if you're sad, you shouldn't feel that. And if you're grieving, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't feel that. And if you just got fired or you have been kind of lazy at work or you have been super marginalized because- um, You're the wrong skin color in the wrong part of the wrong mm-hmm. place. No, your body has built in alarm systems to get your attention that says you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. And if we shut off all those alarm systems, man, we're in a mess. We are in we a
0: mess. We got a crush. You're going That's to right. crush. I, I love that. I often explain what you've just said as two scales. And if you you, know, you think of the old-fashioned scales with the fulcrum in the mm-hmm. middle and you've got, this is supposed to be the good stuff and this is the bad stuff. And we're in a model of life at the moment or a zeitgeist or a philosophy, which is, you know, this has got to be eliminated. You've got to get rid of all that. Meanwhile, the anxiety is good for you because it's a messenger. It's telling you something. So that young girl, who that grad student, that anxiety is... Telling her something, so you need to be curious about what it's telling you. Yes, and you know it may make you feel a little bit off, but you know you'll come back because resilience is unmasked as we em- embrace and process and reconceptualize, which is how our psychoneurobiological networks are. It's
1: how it works? That's right.
0: Yeah. you know, but this whole thing of hey, that's bad. Let's eliminate like the symptom of a diabetes or. Cancer or something where you can look at a list of symptoms and track back to the underlying biological cause. That hasn't been. That's been disproved. It never was proved in the first place. And John, right. you we know, discussed this before that <laughs> if this model worked we wouldn't be sitting with the crisis we have now. So it's really the mental health crisis is only a symptom of a bigger problem. And we've also discussed this before. It's a symptom of mind management. So when you brought up, you know, when you talk about this book and you talk about if you're struggling with anxiety or stress, you're not alone. And, you know, you're going to, you give lots of great examples and practical things of life stuff that makes us feel anxious, but with a viewpoint of this is not a disease. This is not you being broken. This is you being human.
1: Right. And, and, I think for me as, as a, as a mental health guy, the, the hardest thing, this is about uh, maybe about a year ago was this big light bulb moment. And it was a sad light bulb moment. More people than ever before in human history right now are under the care of a licensed mental health professional and more people than ever before in human history are under the care of, a, of some sort of pharmacolo- pharmacology, right? They're taking medication mm-hmm. for some sort of mental or emotional health disorder. We have more people in our tribes you and I both have in the millions, right? We have the access to people at our fingertips that in uh, 200 years ago wouldn't even be fathomed, right? No. And so when we look at we've got mental health care, we've got the right meds, we've mm-hmm. got people, and the trend line is almost a vertical line straight up when it comes to anxiety and depression, chronic stress, and burn all these things. And so I had to ask Not myself, it, it was this like, whew, yeah, what we're doing is not working. Whereas when they discovered penicillin, it was a short ride until people stopped dying from infections. Exactly. Right, that fixed that problem. And so all it to say is, okay, if if, if my life, my body's telling me exactly what it's, what it's supposed to be doing. It's getting my attention through anxiety, through depression, through it's yeah. just I'm rattling. I'm waking up at three a.m. for a reason. My marriage is on the rocks for a reason. Okay, what do I do now, man? And I, I, I tried to take all the neuroscience I could and, and I'm not nearly as smart as you are when it comes no, to the, the, the studies, but distill um, it down. If I was to sit down with somebody who mm-hmm. didn't have my background and say, hey, here's work on these areas. It was yes. just distilling it down into six areas. Your body's going to try to get your attention if you're out of whack in one of these areas and make this the focus. Kind of like, what if we just made, um, um, what if you brush your teeth twice a day to get rid of bad breath? Right, Bad breath's not the enemy. It's a result of not brushing your teeth. What if we looked at anxiety that way? I'm going to take care of these things, and then my body will – the alarms will go off if you put the fire out, right?
0: Oh, I love that. So t- t- let's talk about those six things.
1: Yeah, so um, very, very quickly, we can just distill it down into yep. – um, you have to – I think a baseline. You have to own reality, and I yep. think we have a culture that is so distracted and is so um, built on you n- us not having to live in reality – I think it's important for our you you talk a lot about the importance of getting your mental model right. You can't start unless you know where the starting line is. The starting line is I am 40 pounds heavier than is good for me. My starting line is me and my wife haven't been intimate in 6 months. What do we do now? The starting line is my kids don't want to come to my house and see me or my middle school kid keeps coming and slamming the door and I'm not a safe place. I don't know what to do, now, right? So or my boss is so toxic. Owning reality says, we're going to turn the lights on, we're going to turn the music off, and we're going to take an assessment of this dance floor. Where are we, right? The second one is you have to choose connection. Oh, by the way, I set all these up as choices, and I know I'm going to get some pushback because people are going to ask naturally, oh, so I choose anxiety, I'm choosing to be anxious, is that what you're saying? And I want to give people autonomy back, right? And so I want you to make these choices in your life and, and trust your body that it will circle back. And if it doesn't, thank God we live in this moment of history. We have the, the, the medical doctors that we have.
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I'm glad you brought up that point about choices because when people feel so depressed and helpless and anxious, they feel like they, they don't have any choice. And especially because of the languaging and the zeitgeist and the whole media Um, drive to say, if you're anxious, you've got a brain disease, which is not even science. I mean, you know, that, it's not even, it's been, it's never was proved in the first place. Mm So, and that, you know, the science is very, we've said that. So the whole thing is being curious and that's what you're telling people. We both telling people be curious about that anxiety as a signal, and it's one of four signals because it's linked to anxiety and an emotion. It's linked to behaviors. It's linked to your body sensations. It's linked to your perspectives. Four categories, which I know when you interviewed me, we spoke about yeah. that, and my listeners are very familiar with that. So what you've done, just so that my readers are oriented, you've taken that point, that that emotional warning signal of anxiety and. Correct me if I'm please correct me if I'm saying mm-hmm. this incorrectly, but this is how I read your work and, and having had discussions with you and you're seeing that as that emotion as a, a signal that's telling us something. So if we embrace it, we are choosing to stand back and look at that anxiety as an emotional warning signal as opposed to a disease. That's yes. a choice that we're making. And then from there, we're moving into, okay, so if it is that, let me be curious. Let me choose to be curious and start asking questions about what is, and then that leads into your six. Have I, yes. have I explained? Yes. Cur-
1: curious okay. and awareness are the two, those two words I think would save humanity. Kick,
0: kicksto- yeah. there we go.
1: If we go back to that that um, young woman, that grad student of mine that we were talking about earlier, if she had had that. That rattling and that doctor said, hey, you have generalized anxiety disorder. You have JD. And, and she went and said, huh, what are my bodies trying to be anxious? And she just started making a list of, of choosing reality. Oh, I'm $90,000 in debt with, with school loans. And I'm working on a very challenging um, graduate degree. That's very hard. That has no promise of an ROI on it. And my dad didn't want me here anyway. He wanted me to go to med school and I'm doing this thing and on and on and on. Then suddenly like you TV smile. You're like, and "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I haven't slept. I'm living off monster energy drinks and and Twinkies. Of course, my body's trying to get my attention that we're not okay. It it normalizes things so fast. And I think of a person who's struggling with depression. If when they open their eyes and their eyelids are so heavy and they are fighting their body just because they want to get out mm-hmm. of that uh, underneath the blanket, and their first thought was, "I hate this," and their second thought was, "What's my body?" what's what why does this feel safer than the world out there Mm -hmm. if you start with that question versus how do i quit feeling like this that's a whole different avenue yeah 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 and it's it's an mm. it's an honoring yeah yeah so anyway you choose connection um i think um our we've got the loneliest generation in human history and there's a lot of science about that but um i think if your if your body Scans the environment, and realizes you're all alone. It will sound every alarm it's got because we're not wired to do that. Um, it's a scary, terrifying place. The third one is freedom, choosing freedom, and and I didn't, I, I kind of said that tongue in cheek, and um, but the joke hasn't really made its tw- <laughs> way. They haven't got the joke. Um, choosing freedom, this idea that we have created these outsourced lives, whether it's through borrowing money, through um, having no boundaries, through calendars that are just insane. Um, through clutter. We have so much stuff everywhere. And so I think it's backing up. And I talk about some of the science along those, all four of those avenues, but we have just hooked our lives to all these other things. If I buy the right car, it'll make me happy. If Mm I borrow this, it'll make me happy. If my kid is in super atomic soccer and we travel 900 miles a weekend for 10 years in a row, then I'll be happy if I do. So um, Mm -hmm. we have to choose freedom. How can you unhook yourself? And the word here, the nerd word here is autonomy how can you be the person who makes choices for your life or if you're married how can you all as a couple make choices for your life not your 9-year-old soccer coach and your in-laws and whoever and whoever the next one is it goes it's choosing mindfulness and you and i both know people hear that word they think of just some old bearded guy on a cloud that's not what i mean at all i mean those two words you just said curiosity and awareness and if if that guy cuts you off in traffic and you can instantly go to curiosity as opposed to rage or anger or hate. Um, Judd Brewers is, is, was one who I really drew Mm -hmm. a lot of his work from on that mindfulness, just trying to create a millisecond gap between that emotion that your body feeling that thing and then what you do next. Mm -hmm. And the longer you can extend that gap and you know this, the more peace you're going to have in your life and your body doesn't go to war on you all the time. The next one is choose health or healing. There is some traumas. There is marginalization. There is actual health disorders. There is those of us who drink 900 milligrams of coffee in the morning and wonder why our heart rate is so high. Um, so we have to begin to take care of our minds and our bodies. Uh, we just have to, um, and, uh, I, I can't continue to skirt that issue. I think we have to deal with that head on. And then the final one is, and this was the one, the hardest chapter for me to write. Um, and I don't know where, where every, every one of our listeners is in a different place, but I think we're we're experimenting with the first culture in human history that's not tethered to some sort of divinity, some sort of divine um, operator that is saying, "Here's who we're all going to be, and here's the choices we're all going to make collectively over time." Esther Perel's written about this. Other scientists um, all across the political spectrum have written on this, but I think our bodies are not designed to, or as the the psychological studies that we um, uh, theories that we all grew up with in grad school, where s- Self-actualization was the goal. I think we're all realizing as we've become self-actualized, the center cannot be held by the self. And if it is, then if the cent- if the self becomes the center of the universe, then the only thing you have left to worship is the self. And if you worship the self, then you end up worshiping how you feel. And if you worship how you feel, you end up in this mess that we have now. And so the last choice is you have to choose to believe. I'm not going to prescribe what it is. You have to choose to believe in something bigger than yourself that's at play and anchor into that. If you find yourself at the center of your own universe, that is a recipe you're going to end up in ash sooner or later.
0: Okay, so that's brilliant. So now it's a hard path, which is one of your last chapters. Let's take this. Let's take this and and do a quick little run through how you advise your grad student because you started with that story. You've given us the basic, like the toolbox. You've created the sort of toolbox that you guide people through. Um, on your podcast and people that still come to you individually and so on Um, so I'd love to to take you you don't have to give me the exact advice you gave her but if you could take the listeners through the the scenario and how you would have given even if just one little thing for each of those six because what I wanted to just also stress was in in reading her reaction in your book um, this is so typical of the tautology that the current model of mental health has made. You know, we, they, they talk about how the brain produces the mind. The brain is a physical organ; the body is a physical thing. The brain, the mind is not that. The mind drives the brain and body, and it's this beautiful relationship between the three. But our mind is our aliveness, and I know you and I've discussed this as well. So, in something like this this, this, this kind of situation, where someone is prescribed, with a diagnosed and prescribed without getting the story, and you ask that person and I wonder if you did ask this grad student um, and I've had this experience as well working with people, you say well you know, well, why do you have that general anxiety disorder? Oh, because I've got anxiety. Well, I've got I've got something wrong with my brain. Well, why do you have something wrong with your brain? Because I've got anx- it's a general anxiety disorder. Why have you got the general anxiety disorder? Because there's something wrong with my brain. It's circular reasoning. It's a tautology because there isn't there isn't any solid proof that there's your brain causing it. Sure, your life works through your brain, so your brain does get hammered and your body does get hammered with chronic ongoing stress you said in the beginning we do know it's established leads to um, mental and physical challenges the work i do in psychoneurobiology and the research we do the clinical trials we show that we show that link but that's not the cause that's the result and then there's a feedback loop like this infinity feedback loop that's going on but that reasoning and so many young people whether it's a, a young kid in primary school in, in you know, pre- at, second grade or fourth grade or fifth grade or an adolescent in middle school or high school they are being you're asking these questions they are being told that you've got a damaged brain you something wrong with you and that it's a tautology they go in circles that, that's not reasoning that's not curiosity that's not appealing to their brilliance their authenticity their ability to record. it's just telling them there's something wrong with you and adding to the problem so often we focus on what we eat or what skin products we use when it comes to our health. But what about what we use to clean our teeth? Since most of us are hopefully brushing twice a day at least, what we use is important, not only for our health, but also for the environment. And this is why I love Knob's Toothpaste, which was formulated by a dentist to provide a minimalist toothpaste without sacrificing on efficacy. Just 13 ingredients and no BS. It's that simple. Most fluoride-free toothpastes don't include a remineralized. Agent. But this is not the case with NOBS. It is formulated with the safest remineralizing agent alternative to fluoride called nano-hydroxypetite and super gentle polishing ingredients. Each ingredient was hand-picked to be included so that the list of ingredients was minimal while remaining effective. I also love that NOBS is just so simple to use. Just take a tablet, chew it a few times, and brush normally. Watch as NOBS foams thanks to naturally derived ingredients from coconuts, sodium-cocoal-acetheonate just like a regular toothpaste foaming, but without the junk. No mess, no crinkled tube love it. The tablets are also pre-dosed, so no more wondering if you put enough toothpaste on or too much. I love taking knobs with me when I'm traveling as it frees up space in my toiletry bag when flying for work. The toothpaste is also TSA compliant, so airport security won't confiscate your knobs because it's not considered a liquid. And for a limited time, you can enjoy 15% off your first one month supply of knobs only applicable to the small one month jar with the code Dr. Leaf at betterbiome.com forward slash Leaf. That's 15% off your first one month supply of knobs with the code Dr. Leaf at betterbiome.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes.
1: So the the most important thing I think when somebody comes and sits with you is I'm going to help them choose connection out of the gate because I don't think anything else works in isolation. And I think that's one of the challenges with a lot of our mental health studies is we're looking at individual people.
0: Isolation and
1: nothing works in isolation. We're just bodies can't work that way. And so um, it's like looking at a light bulb in the sunshine, like you have to study light bulb in the dark. That's how it works. Similar. Mm-hmm. You, you got to study people in relationship. And so by listening and looking at somebody and hearing their story and hearing how concerned they are and then telling them, hey, I don't think you're broken. In fact, I know you're not. Let's be curious. So, number one, we've just connected and you watch young people and you watch adults, their whole bodies go, whoo.
0: Because yeah. their bodies go, okay. I'm, they I'm listen to I'm
1: yeah. I'm safe. I'm with this person that mm-hmm. I, that my body trusts, right? And then we're gonna go to we're gonna choose reality. Let's make a list. What's your body trying to tell you? If it was trying to get your attention, what would it be telling you that things are out of whack? And they're just gonna rattle them off. I owe this money, yeah. I'm yeah. doing this this it's wild crazy. thing. And then we're gonna move into uh, let's choose freedom. Like, what are you being tied to right now? And if you're in grad mm-hmm. school, you're being tied to professors. You signed up for that for your period. Cool then we know that your body's going to be anxious for a couple of years and that's okay. That is okay.
0: Contextualized. Yeah. It's
1: just trying. Yes. Your body's doing, if it doesn't, then we got a problem. Similarly on my show, people will call and say, Hey, I've got two kids under three, and then I'm pregnant and my, my, my intimacy life with my spouse is messed up and I'll go, (laughs) yes, of course it is. Right. Um, and sometimes just norming that. Right. So we're going to go through each one of those, um, Let's begin to be, let's let's choose awareness and curiosity with mindfulness, right? Will you commit to every time you feel anxious? Will you just write down this one question? What's my body trying to, to protect me from right now? And just write it down. Oh, you're you're walking into a test. Oh, your mom just texted you. You don't want to text her back. Oh, your boyfriend just called and fill in the blank. Let's choose health or healing. Will you commit to sleep? Will you commit to laying like cutting your caffeine and taking half just during the stressful season? Your body's got enough stimulants in it. Will you commit to at least going for a walk? You don't have to go to the gym and do CrossFit. Will you at least move your body for the next? So we're going to go through the health and healing. And if there's some major trauma there, you may need to take a break from school and go do some deep trauma work, man, because what happened to you is wrong, right? Whatever. And then we're going to move into the next one. What's the next one there? Um, Oh, uh,
0: belief. belief.
1: Yeah. Will you choose some sort of fill in the blank? Will you choose a religious service once a week? Will you just go and just submit once a week, or will you start a meditation practice in your garage and just sit down and do nothing else, but just follow an app, do any number of exercises that lets you know you're not the uh, center of the universe. And it's going to take a lot of pressure out of that backpack, a lot of weight out of that backpack you're carrying. Um, and so we're just going to walk through real quick. Here's a couple of exercises. And then over time, your body naturally starts to land that plane. And I, I've, I'm have i a nerd, um, Caroline, and, we, and I track everything. And what I've noticed is, as I've paid closer and closer attention to these things, my heart rate drops over the course of a day. My heart rate variability has gone up. My body is responding. And here's an important thing. I want to make sure your listeners hear this. This is not a foolproof way to live a um, magnificent life. What this gives you is, um, this is a story I talk about in the book, I had a cousin just up and pass away out of the blue was about Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years older than me. um, And I, I laughingly say he lived all nine lives and borrowed heavily against the ninth one. He had no Mm -hmm. tread left on the tires. And um, when he passed away, my wife and I made the choice like 10 or 15 years ago, we cannot owe, I don't want to owe anybody any money. I can't sleep when I do that. It's just a weird thing with me. Mm -hmm. And Let's set up boundaries with our families. Let's let them, we're going to tell them what's good for our holidays. And it was hard the first few years to just sure. tell people we're, we're not traveling. We have young kids. We just want to be at home. Oh, so you, but when he passed away, I just bought two plane tickets, Carolyn. And I didn't look at my account and it's not because I'm rich. It's because for 15 years, we both, both my wife and I grew up with nothing. We just decided we're going to put a little yeah. bit over here and a little bit over here. And I got the, the, un the, the, unfiltered privilege of going to a funeral in another state and just being sad. It didn't Mm -hmm. take away the death. It didn't take away the loss. It didn't take away the heartache, but my wife and I didn't have a fight. We didn't worry about who was going to pay the bill when we got home. Mm -hmm. We didn't worry about these other things. I got the privilege to just be really sad and heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're aiming for here with a non-anxious life. It's not going to make things go away. But when your family is faced with an emergency, you're going to have the resources to deal with it. You're going to have the community to come lift your mm-hmm. arms up in the desert when you're hungry or bring you food when you're sick. That's mm-hmm. what we're aiming for here. That's a non-anxious life. It's not a foolproof way to like, you know, 12 steps to new abs. It's not it at all. No. This is life is going to hit us all a lot. And this, like, let's, let's be able to have the capacity to us in our communities and our neighborhoods to receive those hits as they come and to be resilient through them. That's the
0: goal. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I love how you've explained just the 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 how you the, the preparation and the, 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 like you said, you'd like to document everything. And um, that's part of the research that I've done is how long does it take to make those changes? So just to go along with what you're saying, the time, the effort, and to be prepared for as much as we can for eventualities. And that takes time. And that's where the cycles of 63 days that I've shown with my work, you're not going to get change happening in one day. And I think we live in this. It's not, I think we both know, you say it in your book. Um, I talk about it in my work. Things are not going to change in an instant. So you didn't get to that position that you could go and be present at that funeral from just an overnight decision. It was a life, a long time decision. that Years and years, and years and years and years. Years and years. Yeah. And years. That mm-hmm. young grad student from one session with you is not going to change it. She's going to have to do those. They take that advice and build that into her life daily for five to 15 minutes at least as it comes up for at least nine weeks before the networks change. And that's the message that we're not getting through to people. And, and people want to say, I don't have time to do that. We have to shift that thinking.
1: You don't have this time not to. time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. You don't have time not to. And in sixty-three days' time or nine weeks' time, if you haven't done anything, you you're nine weeks worse. You know. Right. So the fact is, your brain is always changing and following where your mind goes. So by following these kinds of principles that you laid out in your books and simple guidelines. You know, people can they fit beautifully by the way into my neurocycle, which you know about the the con which is just basically how we get those networks doing what they're supposed to be doing. These are beautiful steps to put into that that then are making sure that you do it in the right time frame and you do it in the right way, that you change your neuropsychological networks, which is which is really good.
1: I love I'm grateful for you. And and you you said something that I think is important to touch on before we leave. Yeah. Um Being anxious, I've been there. I've been doubled over where I could breathe and almost blew up my marriage. I mean, it's a mess. Um, I've had to leave jobs. We moved to to another city. Like, it's been a mess. Living with anxiety is hard. Living with a burnout, a chronically stressed job, that's hard. And changing that was also hard. And so the path forward is not one is easier than the other. It's um, it's an old internet trope by this point, but it's true. You have to choose your heart. You have to choose which hard path you're going to take. Yeah. You're going to take the one that is going to mean you're going to be the first one in your family to do something different. You're going to have mm-hmm. to save some money instead of spending it. You have to take four jobs the first couple of years to get yourself out of a hole you've dug. Whatever that looks like, that's hard, hard work. And so is just being so anxious you don't want to be with your kids mm-hmm. or your kids don't want to be with you mm-hmm. or so anxious you can't breathe and you can't sleep all night, both of those paths are difficult. So take the one that in year one or year two or year three are going to get you in the trajectory to where you want to be, right? Because there's no easy path at this point for any of us.
0: I really, really think that's beautiful. That's brilliant. Choose the hard path. So it's not that there's an easy path. Choose which one is the hard path and be curious. And like you've done, you delineated what those options look like. And I think when people are stuck in that place where they aren't sleeping through the night and they're lying there staring at the wall and then that state is to, to remember this conversation that you have this ability to stand back and observe yourself lying there staring at the wall. And that path is really hard because it goes down a really dark place. But the other path is also hard to start doing that work over time. And if we can dive into that and encourage each other with the connection you know as you say you can't be that light see a light bulb out in the sun you have to see the light bulb in the, in the dark and that's beautiful so john thank you for this really together simple application of how we just need to embrace anxiety to process and reconceptualize it it's really great so where can, where can people get hold of your book
1: well, let, before I do that, before life. I sell me, just, let me just tell you, thank you, okay, you have uh, you have blazed the trail for us. And so I just want to tell you, thank you. um, For all of us who are are sitting with hurting people, you're one of the pioneers who have, um, you got in the bulldozer. Actually, you got out of the bulldozer with your machete out in the woods and you carved a path <laughs> that we're all kind of following. So I want to thank you on behalf of all of us who are, are trying to help people in this world. Um, oh, thank you, can, you,
0: John. I really appreciate that. Sorry to, to no, talk about important. the machete. I've actually been to Rwanda where they did the whole machete thing all those years ago, but yeah, the that terrible genocide. But the just to thank you for saying that, 60 years later, I'm 60 now, 40, 38, 40 years of being in this field. I appreciate what you just said. So that's very, very kind of you. Because when I started out in this 40 years ago, I was swimming up, uh, salmon, uh, salmon swimming upstream. So, it's well, a and, 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 so and let's you.
1: be super clear. You were uh, swimming upstream in a number of different areas, right? This was not a, a place for women. It was not a place for researchers that, that think outside of the box. It wasn't a place for any of these things that you've brought to the no. table. And especially your cutting edge research um, that encourages people to look at the mindset from the brain. That just people didn't want to hear that, have that conversation. So no, they
0: didn't want to. So thank you for thank saying that. You. And thank you thank for you. what you're doing and for making it so simple for people to be able to apply this in their life right now. Oh, I appreciate that.
1: So yeah, you can go to um, at John Deloney. You can follow me on all the internet sites and you can um, pre-order the book or buy it wherever it happens to come out at johndeloney.com or anywhere books are sold.
0: And there's the book, Building a Non-Anxious Life. Thank you, John. It's been, as always, I love chatting to you and I know this won't be the last of our many conversations. You Thank too. You hope to I hope to today. run into
1: you on the road again soon.
0: Absolutely. hope so too. Thank you so Take much care. for joining me today. Take care.